Kia ora, Wellington. You are listening to Wellington Access Radio 101 points, oh, 106.1 FM. This is B-Side Stories, the show about the people that make Wellington tick. We are doing something a little bit different today because we've got someone calling in from Auckland today. We are going to be speaking to the Chief Executive of Sustainable Coastlines. His name is Josh Borthwick. And um, thanks for calling in from Auckland to talk to us today, Josh. Kia ora, no problem. Um, please don't hold uh, my uh, Tamaki Makoto status against me. I feel like maybe attitudes towards Auckland have softened a little bit after the floods and hurricanes. You know, we might um, have some, uh, a better break around the rest <laughs> of the country, do you think? You can't kick people when they're down, and you probably shouldn't <laughs> cook pe- kick people even when they're not done. So. Well, that's true. You know, we're trying to build a better society where we don't kick people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're agreed on that. Um, so you are part of Sustainable Coastlines and one of the big events, I'm guessing, in the Sustainable Coastlines calendar each year is Sea Week. Yes. So Sea Week was last month and um, we had been going to talk to um, the people who were involved in organising it down at Pito- the Pitoni Beach cleanup um, down at Hikoikoi Reserve on the foreshore there. That didn't end up happening, so we get to talk to you instead. Um, <laughs> but you've heard a little bit about how the cleanup went there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, um, we do quite a bit of debriefing after events like that. So um, Liv, who was our um, event director on the day, and Dan, and um, and we had um, Sean there from Hirepool, who's one of our long-standing sponsors for events like this as well, and for the charity in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also had some really cool community groups there too. So we had Tony Beach cleanup crew. Keep Up Valley Beautiful and Plogging and Petoni too. They were all a part of that um, event and, and lots and lots of volunteers from around the area. So it was a really cool turnout. Yeah. Did you say Plogging and Petoni as in? Plogging, yeah, as in the, the kind of the running and picking up litter at the same time phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a phenomenon? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a thing. It's, it's a thing. They've got, they've got a group and they're helping out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, and so was that um, was that new kind of groups involved this year, or is that kind of a classic crew that would come and do a cl- the clean-up every year? Yeah, well, they're, they're certainly um, there, there on the ground um, and doing that mahi all year round, those groups. Mm-hmm. So um, if anything, um, they welcome us in and we try and help out and sort of um, rally some extras um, and a bit more... Um, I guess um, I kind of rally a few locals in and around the area and get some more volunteers involved and, um, and, and make a big day of it too. So we're really lucky for, you know, that they kind of um, embrace us and get us in there and, um, and make us a part of the day too. Yeah. So, yeah, what is so special then about Sea Week or what do you kind of want to, um, I don't know, is achieve the word? What, what do you want Sea Week to be all about? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a catalyst to think about our moana and uh, the life and importance of, of our ocean. So um, depending on who you talk to, um, sort of two out of every three or um, uh, five breaths is um, accounted back to the ocean. You know, the, the ocean is responsible for making that oxygen available for us. So it's hugely important to our health and well-being. And I think as 
Kiwis, we're particularly um, linked and connected to the ocean in terms of our recreation and um, and um, our vicinity. A lot of us are lucky enough to be really close to coastlines and beaches around the country too. Um, so it's a it's an opportunity to really celebrate that and um, catalyse a lot of events. So we we ran events all around the country for Sea Week, um, like the Platonic Cleanup, um, to raise awareness of the, the issues, particularly problem plastic in the ocean and the, um, the terrible impact that that has on sea life, um, um, sort of marine mammals and animals and particularly um, seabirds as well. Um, so, so it gives us an opportunity to engage people about that issue and obviously um, do a bit of waste management and get some of this stuff out of the environment too. Yeah. So am I kind of right in thinking that it's kind of more about getting people thinking about the what's happening and what they can do kind of big picture rather than what you get done each sea week or each yeah, week clean up? Yeah, and, and, and more and more so. You know, when we first started, it was actually our 14th birthday on Monday. So Aww, um, the, very first, yeah, thank you, the very first clean up we did at Altair on Great Barrier Island, we, we lifted um, just under three tonnes of rubbish out of the island there with a bunch of volunteers. And so at that time, 14 years ago, it really was about um, getting stuck in and doing our bit for the environment. Um, and over time, um, we've we've realised that it's just so important to get behaviour improvements and, and legislative change to, to really make a difference here. You know, if all we ever go and do is clean up beaches, that's all we'll ever be doing for the next 20 or 30 years. Yeah. Um, so, so it's really important for us to raise awareness about the issue. Um, and one of the things we've done in the last four years is developed a citizen science program called Litter Intelligence, where we train... Litter Intelligence? Become, sorry? Litter Intelligence. Yeah, Litter Intelligence, yeah. Um, so we train volunteers to become citizen scientists, and they audit a beach usually four times a year. Um, and take all the information that they get from that audit and load it up into a centralised database. So that's given us a really clear picture of the um, the waste problem and the litter problem around our coastlines all through Aotearoa. Yeah, and what kinds of things are you finding out through that programme? Um, I guess volumes and density, and, and what we hope to measure is um, change over time. So... You know, for instance, one of the things, one of the categories that we find um, most prevalent in all of our cleanups is plastics. So about 70% of what we find around beaches is, is plastic in one way, shape or form. Um, and a lot of what we find in that plastic category is um, food food wrappers. So um, when the government's thinking about which problem plastics to ban or how do we kind of cope with these issues at a... Um, at a legislative um, level, mm-hmm. they can hone in on this data. And one of the things that they're, they've earmarked for banning in the next few months is plastic straws. Um, yes. And so what we'll be able to tell over time is um, how effective that, um, that piece of policy is because we, we should see less and less plastic straws around the country turning up at our beaches. Are you campaigning for any particular policy changes or are you just kind of bringing out the information and encouraging people to respond? Yeah, we, we, we tend to operate in the, um, I 
guess, in the data gathering space and the education space. So um, we spend a lot of time with community groups and schools and businesses, um, teaching them about these issues and providing um, action um, or helping with um, sort of create an action situation where they can do something about it in their homes or in their offices or with government when we're working with government at a policy level. So so influencing policy um, with, uh, I guess, with a solutions focus um, more so than, than straight up advocacy. Um, mm-hmm. But what I would say is we were um, really disappointed about the um, container return scheme being put off mm-hmm. under... Um, sort of the, um, I guess, a bunch of environmental um, changes or policy changes that were going to happen there that got bumped off as a result of um, the, the current government sort of honing in and focusing in certain areas. Yeah. So we would have liked to have seen that containers scheme implemented um, and that momentum carried on, you know, and it was at that stage it was only going to be implemented in 2025 and, and now it's going to be, you know, much later than that before that um, comes to fruition. What, um, I'm guessing that, yeah, oh, I'm curious about what kind of ages of students or younger people are getting really into this, um, yeah, into this kind of beach cleanup, the issues around it, the actions they and, you know, the wider country should be taking. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a real mix. So we have um, you know primary school kids um, who are um, taking action and um, doing things like uh, using um, jars as sort of um, keep cups. We had um, some kids in, oh. in Waiheke Island who who did that as a bit of an action workshop. So they they kind of collected um, glass jars from a, around the place and used. Um, Socks as the sort of the um, um, barrier between the heat of the jar and your hand, if you like. Yeah. Um, and, and we're kind of marketing <laughs> and selling those. A great to, image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, locals to use instead of um, plastic um, or plastic lined coffee cups. Um, yeah. So we have kids like that. We have. Um, you know, um, university students doing um, PhDs on the efficacy of the of, of the data that we collect, um, and whether it's random randomised enough around the different sites that we have, um, and the kind of the conclusion from that piece of work was it is. You know, it provides a, a pretty good random sample. So, so it's a real mix of um, depth and, um, and and awareness from um, from those different students. And it sounds like you're kind of all around the country. How widespread are you, would you say? Yes, it is. Um, In our charity, there's uh, 17 of us, and we're um, based in in Tamaki. We've got um, people in Wellington, in Ōtutahi, someone in um, in Invercargill, um, and another person in Hawke's Bay. So a pretty good spread of... um, of um, engagement around the country. Um, and in terms of our litter intelligence program, we have about 330-odd sites around the country um, manned wow. by, by various types of volunteers, um, regular submitting surveys on those sites. Wow, that seems like quite a lot of sites. <laughs> well <laughs> it done. Is. <laughs> it is, and it's, 
it's a lot of you know the um, we've been we've been running this program um, for four years and we were really lucky to receive funding from Ministry for Environment to get that up and running. Um, but we reckon we've got at least another decade or two of data to collect to really resolve these issues mm. and um, and validate and track changes in terms of business and consumption behaviour and also policy change. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so whilst we've got a good spread um, we're, and we've, we've made really good inroads in terms of the, the use of that data with councils and government, um, we always need more, you know, like we, we, we want, always want more volunteers, more people getting involved, um, more funding to sort of um, spread awareness and to, um, to increase that data. Yeah. And if I can just get you to step back and just kind of tell us a little bit about what brought you into this world of, um, you know, coastline action, um, protection, and, um, yeah, how you ended up here and what kind of, what the coastline means to you. Yeah, and, and, and me personally. You're, you're yeah, talking. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, so for me, I was really lucky to grow up in, um, in Kirikiri up the far north in the mm-hmm. Bay of Islands. Um, and my dad was a, um, as a, as, and still is a really clean sailor. So we spent a lot of time on boats out in the Bay of Islands. Um, and we never sort of owned flash boats ourselves, but he was pretty canny at getting, getting himself crewed on, on various boats around the place. And, and he'd drag me around too. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a real um, affinity with the ocean, and um, and it's it's my happy place. You know, um, even just being being around it, if not on it, is um, is really special for me. So, um, I this this role came up. The CEO role came up almost three years ago in August, um, and before that, I had spent probably 25 years in advertising, um, and so working I guess with a lot of the businesses that contribute to the to the challenge um, in terms of um, <laughs> that's a nice way, way of putting created, it um, and feeling more and more misaligned about um, my personal values and um, you know I've, I've been kind of recycling before recycling was a thing and dragging bottles and sort of carts of um, things around to sort of local refuse and recycling centers before there was curbside recycling so right. there was a sort of Gap for me personally. Um, so when this role came up, um, I was I was just um, so keen to to get it, and was lucky enough to um, to come on board. So it's a real privilege to um, you know to get paid to do this work, yeah. um, and to um, to take a lot of that experience out of the advertising and business world and apply it here in a in a charity is is pretty cool. Mm. And can you share with us maybe the coastlines that you know? speak to you or sing to you the most? Yeah, I, I think, and I was just up there not so long ago, up at Matai Bay, um, just just um, in, in the far north um, around Karikari Peninsula. Um, mm-hmm. And I reckon that's got to be one of the best beaches in the country. It's just absolutely stunning. And um, I want to say pristine, but I did find a bit of litter <laughs> kicking around there. Um, but absolutely um Stunning, and um, there was there was a sort of a we were staying up around Cooper's Beach up the far north, but there was a Rahui, unfortunately, someone in one of the um, local hapu had passed away on the water, um, uh, so you couldn't actually yeah. kind of swim or do anything around there. But um, but we got up to Matai Bay, and it was it was just magic. I think that's a 
a place along with the Bay of Islands and, and some of the islands that kick around there that are um, just amazing and, and have a special place for me. Hmm. Um, yeah, sounds um, like a great place to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> any experience with Wellington beaches? Yeah, um, I, it's all my experiences with um, Wellington beaches are very brief. As in, I run and swim and get the hell out of there pretty quickly um, yeah. because I, I guess I, the, the cold is a, is a real factor. <laughs> um, but, but one of the things I, I love about um, Wellington and Wellington City is just the fact that you can leap off the diving platform there into the um, into the beach right there in the middle of the city or into the into the ocean I should say and have a swim and um, and it still seems clear and clean and and swimmable and we're not so lucky around Tamaki with that particularly in and around the city it's pretty mucky and and, and you wouldn't necessarily be keen to to leap in, so I think that's pretty special and, and pretty amazing for um, a place like Wellington and the city um, in general. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a that's a nice thought. Even though I'm not sure that it always <clears throat> is as pristine exactly. as it <laughs> as it looks. Yeah. It always yeah. does look clear. You're right. Um, yeah. But I yeah. guess thinking about you know if people are wanting to jump in and they're finding that it's polluted, maybe that is a motivation to um, <clears throat> do something about the pollution. I think so. Like we, one of our, we've got a sister organisation, Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii, and they've got a really cool catchphrase, which is uh, clean beaches start at home. And, and I think people miss that point. Um, a lot of people think that litter, is, uh, litter on beaches is a result of people just carelessly throwing their stuff around when they're at the beach. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but a lot of the litter that we find on coastlines is actually leakage from suburban areas. So it's getting into our stormwater drains and it's getting into our rivers and then flowing out to the ocean that way. So essentially everything we consume and waste at home has an impact on that um, coastal environment. So I think when you're in the ocean or at the beach and find litter um, and see that impact... Hopefully it's a real um, call and a challenge to make some changes at home around what we put in our shopping carts, really, um, and the things we sort of say no to and um, do without to um, to protect the environment. Yeah, so there's, the, yeah, that consumer choices making a big difference. What yep. else, um, you know, for our listeners who are feeling <clears throat> like they should be slightly more active in protecting our coastlines than they currently are what would you how would you um recommend they start yeah i, I think um our our philosophy is is around love not loss so for us it's really important that um we connect people to their local beaches and to these places because that's where where um you know the, the change starts and Jack Cousteau had a, a really famous quote that people protect what they love, and, and we really believe that. So I think first and foremost, get out and enjoy your beaches. Mm. Um, and um, and secondly, I think um, a lot of this requires lots of us to make small changes rather than one or two of us making really big changes. So if everyone can, can move to reusable products as much as possible, you know, taking their own keep cups, their own reusable water bottles, their own reusable cutlery to places is a really big start. Um, and 
sitting down and enjoying um, a coffee in a cafe without, you know, takeaway cup is, um, is, is good for your soul as well as for the planet, you know. <laughs> it's so, the bigger philosophy, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, and a lot of this stuff is good for the wallet too, you know, when you're um, refusing that, um, that kind of plastic bag of chippies, you know, that's, um, that's a positive benefit on your wallet and probably on your waistline too. Um, and that would be my kryptonite, if I'm honest. I really love potatoes. Um, I've got some <laughs> Irish blood in there. I don't know if it springs back to that. But, um, yeah, chippies, chippies and, and finding good alternatives to chippies that don't come in plastic is, is pretty tough. Yeah, because you um, want the crunch, but, but yeah, not the plastic yeah. crinkle. Mm. Yeah, totally. But it's a worthwhile challenge, you know. I think that's yeah. the sort of um, stuff we need to crack into. Um, the, the third thing is get involved, you know. So, um, so come along. We've got events running all year round. You can check out our website. Um, you can, um, if you're in a business, um, uh, you can get that business to come and run an event. Um, so that's one of the sort of funding mechanisms that we have. We do corporate events and we take businesses out. We do beach blasts. We teach them to do audits and surveys. Did and you then say we beach take blasts? Take them on a bit of an action. Yeah, beach blasts is kind of going and cleaning up the beach, basically. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Picking up that litter. Um, and so, um, yeah, take them through action workshops so they can make a bit of a difference um, in their workplace as well. So I think getting involved in some way, shape, or form is, is super important too. Yeah. Ah, oh, thank you so much for um, talking us through that, Josh. Um, My pleasure. Do you, I wondered if you wanted to finish maybe by sharing um, maybe a piece of, um, I don't know if you want to do this, a piece of kind of more depressing um, information from, you know, what you've kind of recently been learning or thinking about and then something on the more uplifting side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I've got I've got plenty of both. <laughs> um, I think one of the uh, really scary, or a few of the really scary stats that we see is that um, uh, Aotearoa is the sort of the capital for seabirds in the world. So most seabirds pass through our shores in some way, shape, or form throughout the year. And it's one of the most dangerous places to be a seabird in the world. So we're consuming so much plastic and so much of it is getting in the ocean that um, predictions are about 99% of seabirds will have ingested plastic by 2030. Mm. Um, we've got a goal of 60% less coastal litter by 2030. So we've sort of got seven years to really make a difference in this space. Um, and I think people can... The other stat I would share is that um, if you're eating kaimoana, then you're likely ingesting plastic. So mm. um, a lot of our fish and sea life is ingesting plastic, particularly microplastics. Um, and we're seeing more and more evidence that that's in, um, ending up in our in our bodies. Um, and so, you know, one of the scary stats um, I saw recently was um, we're consuming around a credit card's worth of plastic um, in any given week, which what? is kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, and pretty disgusting, right? Can you imagine <laughs> chowing down on a credit card? So, um, so those are pretty scary stats, I think. There is a lot we can do to make a change. Um, so as consumers, we can make choices about um, what we refuse to consume. We can put pressure on businesses um, and government and councils to make changes. Mm -hmm. um, and we're seeing um, change happening. You know, we're seeing a bunch of um, things being banned in that sort of plastics and problem plastics area. 
Um, polystyrene food packaging is another one that's that's earmarked to be banned really soon. Mm. Um, so there there is change afoot, and I think we can accelerate that by getting stuck in together and, and making ourselves heard and um, using this data for good, you know, so so providing the evidence that um, that shows really clearly we've got an issue and it's um, and it's getting worse. It's not um, it's not improving fast enough. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for dialing in and being on B Side Stories, the show about people that make Wellington tick. But you're, you know, part of a wider effort, um, kind of working to make the whole country just a better place to be. So thank you to you and your organisation for your work there. Uh, no, no problem. And, and thanks so much for having me on the show. And um, and thanks for all your listeners uh, um, for listening in as well. And for doing their bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No pressure. But go now, do something. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Kakite. Kakite.